What's up, everybody, and welcome to Crossfire Faith and Gaming Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Russ Dornish, and I am joined alongside the Reverend David Petty. How are you doing today, David? Doing great. How are you doing, Russ? Pretty good. And then we also have joining us today, uh, Brian. Brian, how is your day going? It's not too bad, Russ. <laughs> Glad to be here. Good. Well, on today's podcast, we are going to be discussing a topic that I'm sure many of you out there have witnessed, experienced, maybe even been a part of. That's something we need to discuss today, which is toxic gamer culture online. How do we combat it? What are ways that we as Christians can kind of face off against it and kind of keep it out? And ways that maybe even gaming companies and other places can do a better job of trying to eliminate it. Um, but we have a bunch of questions that I want to kind of discuss and answer. I'm going to ask those questions to each of you guys. We can kind of have a discussion surrounding them, kind of guide ourselves through this uh, different topic and uh, see where we kind of come out on the end, especially I think from the Christian perspective is a really important way to look at this, being that, of course, we're a Christian group and we have a lot of Christian gamers within us. So the first question that kind of got brought up is what are some common characteristics of toxic gamer culture in online chats and how do they manifest? So let's define what this looks like. David, what is your thoughts on the characteristics? I've got an emergency phone call I've got to take, uh, but you ask Brian and I'll be, yeah. Okay. Well, we're, we're doing audible here. David's going to be taking the life of being a pastor is sometimes you get phone calls during the middle of podcast recordings. So Brian, let me ask you, what do you think are the common characteristics of toxic gamer culture and how do you think they're manifested when when you play online? Yeah, it's a big question. We're off to a flying start here, by the way. Uh <laughs> but yeah, let's let's uh, let's break down a few obvious ones, right? Um you know, the first one that comes to mind is uh, sort of toxic words, right? We see those really frequently. I see those even in games that I play. I'm not that much of a multiplayer gamer, but uh, I do play my fair share of Rocket League for any of you who are familiar with the podcast. You probably know that. And Rocket League has like a uniquely, even though it doesn't, uh, for a long time, didn't have voice chat. It kind of, it does now. But, uh, for a long time, didn't natively support voice chat. It had quick chat and it was amazing how gamers still found a way to use that in a toxic way, despite being limited to a, a small number of quick chat options. Um, so certainly that's the first one that comes to mind. Yeah, you know, for, for me, and, and it's the big thing I see, you know, I, I, I every now and then dip my toe in the online community that is video games. Um, I don't do it often. Because, you know, I prefer to just kind of game on my own and not uh, subject myself to that toxic uh, kind of culture that you see a lot of the time online. Um, but, I mean, I I've seen it take many different forms, you know, sexism, racism, uh, homophobia, harassment, um, you know, and, and it manifests itself really through the use of, you know, racial slurs, personal attacks, trolling um, that we see online a lot. Uh you know, they, I, I think a lot of it really just stems from, and we see it a lot now in the internet age, is the whole idea of the faceless 
uh, person online. You can kind of be whoever and whatever you want to be, and you don't really always have to face the repercussions of what that looks like. And so I think that kind of has given gamers and given people kind of that key to be whatever they want. And sometimes they choose to just, I'm going to be angry or I'm going to say whatever I want, or I'm going to, you know, call out this person or whatever that looks like. And, you know, I, I definitely see that manifested in a multitude of different ways. David, do you have anything to kind of add on that and what that looks like? Yeah, I, I think you're right in saying um, that, that especially the faceless nature of the internet, I think has emboldened people to, uh, to express their feelings, even when they are racist, homophobic, etc. Um, and unfortunately that it's given voice to those who society had, had chosen to not listen to, um, because they were spouting hate and things like that. And so, you know, instead of, you know, one hateful person in a small community where the community says, we're not going to listen to you anymore. This hateful person gets together with this hateful person gets together with this hateful person. And now you've got, you've got hateful groups that get together to talk about how much they hate. Um, you know, or in a lot of instances, they, you know, they mask it with other things and it becomes, you know, well, we're concerned about children. And so therefore we're going to get together so that we can ban books or, you know, things like that. But I, I think that the, uh, the same thing in terms of games that like the faceless nature of, you know, if I'm playing in rocket league, I'm playing against somebody else and I'm not imagining, I'm imagining them as this like, you know, cruel opponent where I could be playing some like 10 year old kid who's just having a good time playing rocket league. And if I'm a jerk to them, then like, here I am a 37 year old man bullying a 10 year old. Like this is not okay. You know, like this is a huge problem. So. Well, so kind of to move on from that, how, how do you guys think toxic gaming behavior impacts marginalized groups or contributes to the hostile gaming environment? Like, what do you guys think that this sort of thing is doing to the gaming community as a whole? Brian, what are your kind of thoughts on how it affects that and maybe what it's kind of resulting in? Yeah, I think it makes it harder for uh, anyone who's in a marginalized group for whatever reason that is, it makes it harder for them to join, right? To join in and to have fun because they're constantly running into this. I know we hear this from our our female members, for instance, in uh, you know, our, our fellowship that it is still really hard to be a female gamer. And that's like, you know, that's, that's an easy one. There's tons of female gamers, right? Um, but that even continues to be a problem. And I think the more, the more marginalized your group is, the more you're going to run into that, right? Like, it it's just really challenging because you're constantly, you know, you're just trying to have fun and, you know, there's people constantly, uh, giving you a hard time. It makes it tough. Yeah. I, I think, and, and what I, what I go back to and think about when I, when I think about how this works is too, is our group and just kind of what we're trying to be as a, an online Christian faith community. Cause I think even that becomes part of the marginalized group a little bit as well. Um, because I think, you know, the stigma that Christianity has and the idea that, oh, Christians always don't want this and they don't want that and they don't, it's not okay to do this. And it's like, you know, we, we've discussed it so many times on this podcast. We've discussed it 
ad nauseum that it's like, should Christians even play video games? Is it appropriate to? And so when other people find out you're a Christian, they're like, well, you shouldn't be playing games anyway. You're this, you know, Bible thumping person that doesn't do anything fun because that's what Christians do. And so I think the idea of Crossfire is that we create this group where everybody is like-minded. We can come together, have these discussions. We can play games together in what we would hope would be a non-toxic environment and, you know, be able to kind of come together in that sense. And I think that's kind of the goal of this. Um, but David, what do you think about how this impacts the marginalized groups or contributes to it and, and maybe kind of what our group and goal kind of is to combat that? Yeah, I think it's hard. Um, and especially, I mean, you look at, at this uh, podcast right now, if you're watching online, right? Like we're three white dudes. And so there's a lot of work that we need to do as three white dudes to talk to our white dude friends about how they unintentionally can become part of the problem if they're not careful, right? And especially like if we're not uh, constantly creating space, making space, um, constantly working against some of our own confirmation biases and things like that, um, then we might inadvertently cause harm. Um, you know, we were talking about this recently in terms of um, the, the recent events that happened where, uh, it, you know, it was a racial thing, but a good friend of mine was talking about how as a black person, he has to has the, have this kind of like double vision uh, where he not only has to be aware of how he views the world and how unique that worldview is, but also constantly aware of how the world views him, right? So I think for us as as white dudes, right, um, I would say that we need to have the same vision, the same double vision, that even though for most, you know, average white dudes, it may not be as imperative for your survival that you're aware that how the world views you or how others view you, but it is imperative, I think, for the betterment of all people that we're aware of how we come off in certain spaces, right? That like, that me having a certain uh, voice and not leaving space for somebody else to have a voice could be problematic, right? Speaking yeah. of not having a voice, I do need to take a tiny, I need to walk out for a second and take care of something. I've uh, yeah. delayed to the emergency earlier. So give me one second, I'll be right back, but you chat with Brian and you guys can yeah. look at my bicycle. So, <laughs> Well, before we get into kind of uh, transitioning into how we as Christians and gamers can kind of combat this, I want to wait for David to kind of be a part of that conversation as he steps away from the microphone. Um, but Brian, maybe you and I can discuss what do you think are ways and steps that game developers and platform operators should take to address toxic gamer culture in online chats, social media, all of that stuff. Just, just the idea that online obviously brings out the worst in people. So how do you think the different platforms and gaming platforms can maybe combat it? What are some ways that maybe you've even seen um, them be able to combat it in your experience? Yeah, I think, you know, platform developers uh, and game developers have gotten a lot more savvy about this over time and that we've seen some good steps take place, right? Um, moderation steps, the ability for folks to um, report bad behavior. I mean, obviously that can be abused too, but I think to a large degree that is pretty effective in terms of like weeding out folks that are consistently a problem, right? You can, as a game developer, look at, hey, has this person consistently over and over again, over a long period of time, 
uh, been reported as someone who is toxic. And I think you can do some smart filtering too around like, does this look like it's just people constantly doing this and reporting them every time they see them? Or is it something where this is a pattern that we see like, hey, every few games this person plays in Rocket League, they get reported as, you know, toxic, right? That's an obvious red flag that like something's wrong here and we need to take some moderation steps. Um, and so I think those kinds of steps, we've seen this at the platform level too, uh, to some degree with Xbox and PlayStation, both um, taking some steps to try and create safer spaces for everyone. Um, but Russ, do you have any examples or anything you want to bring up in this regard? Yeah. So uh, another thing that I think would be a, is is a huge thing. I think a, a lot of the developers and companies are already doing this, which is investing in the education and awareness campaigns uh, to really promote more inclusion, to purport, um, to to really create a more welcoming gamer environment. I think that's another huge step that I've seen a huge uh, kind of leap in in the last several years. Um, which I, I do appreciate when, you know, gaming companies do that and games do that. I think uh, expanding on your idea and and part of your discussion too, because I know I've seen, I've seen some horror stories where it's like somebody may have let something slip or let a friend use their account for a little bit or something and they got them banned. I think um, that as technology goes, that we need to get better tools for the automatic moderation of those type of things, new systems in place, um, you know, new ways. I, I think, like you said, it needs to be a consistent um, pattern of this stuff, I believe. You know, everybody makes mistakes. We've talked about that, especially, you know, us as Christians, we know that everybody has sinned and fallen short. And so the idea is, you know, how can we educate people when they do make mistakes and allow them to come back? I wonder if it would be cool to have some kind of system in place where if you got banned, um, that maybe Sony and Microsoft and those companies can put together like a program that you could then go through or do, you know, similar to like our jobs. I I'm sure your work is very similar. You have harassment training and you have other sorts of training. I mean, my job does a ton of the phishing uh, training. And I unfortunately this last week fell victim to it because uh, they did a new campaign and I had to do some some extra phishing training as a result of failing their test. Um, I just wonder if we could maybe create some more things that would allow, you know, gamers to learn uh, and get that second opportunity rather than, you know, just automatically, you know, permaban their accounts. I think that would be big. Um, so, you know, moving from that, I think. Well, one more, I just had a hilarious example. I know that some games have done this where they 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 send the the toxic gamers into like a a sort of server purgatory where they're all in together and yep. they sort of just live in their own Wasn't that a horrible refrain game uh which i thought was which i thought was funny maybe not the best like solution for this right <laughs> but but one that that uh that i find kind of hilarious didn't they do that on what was that sitcom with uh the guy from it's always sunny in philadelphia um, it was on Apple TV. Yeah, Mythic Quest. Yeah, yeah Mythic, Mythic Quest. They did this. They were like, well, we, we found all these races that we just put them in their own server all together. Yep. Yeah, that's how they combated that. That was that was gold. That was a great episode. Um, I, I was so thinking moving... alternatively, if you, if you instead put them in a server that was like a, yeah, I'm thinking almost like the internet version of traffic school, be like, look, you got an infraction. Yep. You now have to go to like gamers, like how to be nice school. 
And once you pass these quests, then like, then you can come back to the game. Yeah. So moving on from what game companies can do, um, how can individual gamers and then us as Christian gamers contribute to creating a more positive and inclusive gaming environment online? Dave, I'm going to have you answer this one first. What are your thoughts on how we can do that? And especially, I mean, honestly, our group, that's kind of our goal as a group um, as Crossfire. So what are your thoughts? Well, um, this reminds me of our, our summer gaming camp theme, uh, E is for everyone. Um, but really the, that idea of saying like, if we're going to be creating an inclusive space, right, what does it mean not just to be inclusive, but also invitational towards that inclusion, right? So not just to say like, and this is where I think churches have something that, that churches are learning while we as gamers are learning, but like churches put out this sign all the time that says like, all are welcome. Right. But like all are welcome doesn't necessarily mean all are invited or affirmed or, you know, and we struggle sometimes as curators of spaces, because as much as we could say all are welcome, you know, well, if Jim over here is welcome and Jim is a, a racist, right, then my friend uh, John over here is maybe not welcome because Jim doesn't like John. And so they're going to fight and they're going to argue. And so we say all are welcome, but there's this paradox of tolerance there. Um, so I think for us, it's about not just creating spaces, but really curating spaces and, and making intentional spaces where we're willing to say, okay, I noticed that there's tension, but now let's like work on that. Right. We had this issue in crossfire like a month ago, we had some tension. We had to just like take a time out and say, Hey, we're going to work on this because we value creating inclusive spaces and inclusive means that we're going to be at the table together despite conflict, despite tension, and we're going to work it out and go forward from there. Brian, what are what are your thoughts on, on this idea and what we can do as individuals? Yeah, I have a couple major things here. One of them is awareness, right? And just being aware of, Hey, I'm hearing some, toxicity coming on here. And if I'm part of this group, I, you know, I think it's part of our obligation to point that out and to try and, you know, try and shut it down if we have the ability to do so. I mean, we're not always like, especially if we're playing with friends, right? If we're playing with an online group, we're sort of limited, right? If we're playing with internet randos, we might not have control over that. Um, if we're in a moderation or administrative position, maybe we can uh, we might be able to shut that person down, basically cut off their mic essentially or whatever it is. Um, but but to take steps to call it to attention and to also say, hey, this is not okay, right? Like, like I'm not okay with what you're doing right now. This is not helping. This is impacting the quality and this is, you know, this is toxic and it's not helping. And then the other thing I think too is to not fall into the trap of responding to toxicity with our own toxicity. I run into this in Rocket League frequently where, um, you know, we get toxic quick, quick chat a lot. Um, and, you know, when you're losing and it feels bad and you're losing your fifth game in a row and it just, man, you feel terrible and you just want to respond with like, I'm just going to pour the same toxic garbage right back into this chat that they are. It's really hard not to do that, but I've taken the policy just personally of 
I'm going to try and always stay positive. And if I see somebody make a good shot, if that person's on the other team, I'm still going to say nice shot, right? Um, and I think that goes a long way. I've seen I've seen chats evolve just from me being in them and staying positive that went from toxic at the beginning to not at all toxic by the end. So I know it can have an impact if we can manage to stay positive. That said, hey, I'm not perfect and I'm not always able to do it. But I, it, to me, it's a laudable goal for us to Christian, as Christians to try and do that. Yeah, for sure. And and to kind of expand on that one too, especially I think what I've learned and, and what I've really seen too is when you combat toxicity with positivity, um, it really just shuts down the toxic person because a lot of the time those people are wanting to pick a fight and they want to see that come back. And if you shut it down in a kind and loving way, it it stops them in their tracks. They have no idea what they need to do like what how am i going to advance this what am i going to do it is hilarious how you can see sometimes that affect that um david you know as christians so looking at it on a, on a way of just how to combat toxicity how do you think we as christians should be com not only combating toxicity but what are some things that like the bible discusses why why i mean you know you got the easy answers but but deep down why and what and kind of what commands us to be better people when we're online and things that we should all be taking because honestly i don't know very many people uh christians and non-christians alike that haven't uh been not so great to others online what are some things that you see as a pastor? What are some things, you know, some verses that can maybe back up how we should act online instead of, you know, being judgmental or toxic or, you know, going after a certain people group? You know, what does that look like with you being a pastor? Yeah, I think the first thing that comes to mind, of course, are like the words of Jesus uh, when he talks about loving your neighbor, when he talks about loving uh, even your enemies right? You know, not that the players we're playing against are enemies necessarily in Rocket League, but like, you know, if even we are called to love our our most hated enemies, then surely we can love our, you know, opponents in a tiny Rocket League match uh, who might be more alongside of our neighbors, right? Which in the, the response to the loving your neighbors, then Jesus tells the parable of the Good Samaritan and the neighbor of the Samaritan is, of course, a person that most people probably would not have liked. Um, and then the other thing that comes to mind is like uh, the scripture in Matthew 18, uh, where it says, if a fellow believer hurts you, uh, go and, and this is the message paraphrase, uh, if a fellow believer hurts you, go and tell him, work it out between the two of you. Uh, if they listen, you've made a friend. If they won't listen, then take one or two others along so that the presence of witnesses will keep things honest and try again. Now, I got to say that whole like bring one or two people along does not mean go get your buddies and gang up on your friend who won't see your way so that you can convince them that they're an idiot. But then it says, if they still won't listen, then you tell the church. If they won't listen to the church, then you'll have to start over from scratch. Uh, and then it even, you know, goes on to like, you know, uh, talk about, you know, then you have to bring it before God. Uh, it talks about forgiving love. But the other thing I think about is like Jesus's commands to the disciples that say, you know, go out into the town and bring them the gospel. But if they don't receive you, then brush the dust off your feet and continue on. Right. So there's this, loving your enemy, loving your neighbor, uh, dealing with quarrel amongst you. And then, you know, if you can't figure it out, then there may be times where you just have to say, you know what, 
this is not working for me. And, you know, I would rather, and I, I literally had to do this this week, right? I'm wearing a shirt that says, this pastor loves you, right? LGBTQ inclusion had somebody come at me really strong and they were like, Hey, how can you be a pastor and love people who, and this person thought that these people would be living in sin. And I was like, you know, so I was trying really hard to help understand the same view. And eventually I said, you know, we have gotten to a point where this is no longer a productive conversation. You came into this wanting to just beat me over the head and convince me I'm wrong. And if we're not willing to listen to one another, then I have better things I can do with my time. And, you know, I love you like a brother, but I'm not going to be dragged down. So uh, I think scripture has a lot to say to this, but I'm probably rambling at this point. So I'll let, uh, let Brian talk more. Yeah, Brian, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, David brought up the words of Jesus, right? And we are taught, you know, by Jesus specifically that, um, you know, responding violence with violence or toxicity with toxicity in this case is not the way, right? That we are a people who are supposed to be quick to forgive uh, and that we are a people who are, uh, you know, supposed to respond to people in a way that we would want to, that we would want to be treated, right? Um, Jesus talks about the the two most important things, right? Love your God with all your heart, your mind. Uh, and the second most important thing is to love your neighbor as yourself or, you know, love the, the, your, your, your gamer opponent as yourself, right? Treat, treat that person as you would want to be treated. Um, so that's, that's what we're called to do. Again, I think sometimes we all struggle with this, but, um, but that is our calling. Yeah, and you were bringing up Hayden. some James 1-1 one, one there with the, uh, you know, be quick to, what is it, uh, slow to anger, quick to, to listen, uh, something like that. But yeah, love James. Well, great book. Go read well, it if you haven't. And uh, I mean, expanding that even more too, um, you know, we, we also talk about the marginalized folks that, you know, have to deal with gamer toxicity and Jesus is the ultimate example of how we're supposed to treat the marginalized. And, you know, Jesus, he cared and almost hung out with the marginalized people more than the regular people of his time. The tax collectors, the prostitutes, the, the, the Samaritans, you know, the people who society uh, shunned or thought wasn't good enough or, you know, put on a secondhand level compared to others. And Jesus sought those people out. So when we're online, it's it's almost a, you know, we need to seek out those people and make sure that they feel welcome and that they feel comfortable and that we're not immediately quick to judge and immediately quick to, to attack and to do all these things, no matter what they say. Uh, the biggest thing that I, I have learned over the years, especially with my Christianity, is that actions and and words are, are extremely important. Um, what you do as far as a Christian goes, goes a long way as a, um, an example to others of what it looks like. You know, everyone thinks that Christians are judgmental, that Christians are, you know, all these different stereotypes. And the idea is let's break those stereotypes and show that we're just a loving, caring people that just want to connect and invite and create inclusiveness that we can all live together happily um, and kind of, you know, deal with that. Now, 
going on from this point, the the kind of last question I really want to touch on, just because I know a lot of people are gonna gonna shout this, whether they are Christian, whether they're not, whether you hear this podcast, the biggest next thing is is the toxic gamer, um, and, and the idea of that. So the, the the real question is, how can we balance free speech and expression? with the need for a safe and inclusive gaming environment online. And this will be the last question that we kind of dive into because I know it's a hot topic right now. So Brian, what are your thoughts? Like, is there a balance to this? Is there a different definition maybe to free speech than I think what people think? What What are your thoughts on this idea? Man, that is, that is a huge question uh, and a difficult one, I think. Um, I think it does go back to a lot of the principles that we've discussed, right? That um, there are points at which we have to agree to disagree. I think that's important to realize that and to, you know, I think there are times when it's when it's time to just be like, all right, well, we're just not going to agree and that's okay. Um, also, the principle of quick to forgive is really important, um, you know, uh, making sure that, hey, even if something hurts me personally, um, I need to, I'm called to be someone who forgives, right? And and though, even though that might cut very deep uh, for me, for various reasons, right? Some things are going to cut people deeper than others. Um, but we are called even in tough situations um, and times when we're really hurt that we we still should, you know, be able to forgive. So I think those are some of the principles I can think of. What about you, David? Yeah, I think for me, it's um, first off, I think when we talk about free speech, we have to understand the limits of free speech. Uh, and this is just, you know, American constitutionally kind of thing. Like, yes, you are entitled to free speech. Uh, however, free speech does not protect hate speech or incitements of violence, right? So like if you are uh, using your speech to intentionally harm others, that's not protected. Also, you're not protected from uh, consequences due to your speech. If you're a jerk, people might people might not want to listen to you or play with you or things like that. So I, I do think there's a, a fine line there. And then, like we were talking about, uh, that there is the paradox of tolerance, right? That, that creating a tolerant space means not tolerating those who would choose to be intolerant of others. So, um, but that being said, I think, you know, these are all good things, if nothing else, uh, things that people should all be considering, uh, how to be more pleasant gamers online and how to be better gamers, right? Like we are not called to be jerks. Uh, we're called to be Christians. We're called to be uh, good people and we're called to create a positive environment for all we come in contact with. So, well, I, you know, I think that's a good place to kind of leave off here and to end where we're at. Um, I want to appreciate you guys, of course, as always, joining us on the podcast and having this discussion and nice discussion. You know, if you guys want to join us out there on this discussion, you know, make sure you're joining us on our Discord where we can openly discuss these different type of topics and answer any questions that you may have. Uh, if you're listening or watching this on YouTube, feel free to drop in the comments. We're happy to answer or uh, respond to any of your comments that you guys have. Um, but other than that, if you just wanted to find out where you can find more of our stuff, content, information, make sure you check out our website at crossfirecast.com. And we will catch you guys on the next podcast. Yes, David. There's also Patreon up top, patreon.com slash churchforgamers, which I do have to say thank you 
uh, especially to Lonnie uh, for being one of our top Patreon uh, supporters. And uh, if you want us to mention your name on the podcast, uh, you could support us on patreon.com slash church for gamers. But I'll let Russ wrap the rest up. Uh, so thank you all for listening and Russ, wrap it up. Yeah, not a problem. Well, appreciate you guys for listening, watching wherever you are. Uh, you are loved. You matter. You belong. We'll see you next time. God bless. Have a great rest of your week.